Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Invite you, if you have your Bibles, to open them up. Um, We are going to begin this morning in John. And so we're going to be in John 15. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen behind me as well. And so it's John 15, verses 4 through 6. Hear these words. Abide in me as I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. And then in Isaiah, Isaiah 49, verses 14 through 18. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders outdo your destroyers and those who laid you waste go away from you. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather, they come to you. As I live, says the Lord, you shall put all of them on like an ornament, and like a bride, you shall bind them on. Let us pray. Word of God, continue to speak and fall on each of us. Help us to quiet our minds and quiet our bodies and listen to whatever it is that you might have to say in whatever way we are able to hear. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so today, we continue our sermon series, which is based on the Toy Story movies. Last week, we explored Toy Story 1, and this week, we're going to explore Toy Story 2. Now, as I shared with you last week, all of these movies point to the human condition in some way. And whenever we wrestle with the human condition, the answers are always found in the Word of God. So these movies are not the Word of God They are simply pointing us towards it in the way in which the different characters wrestle. And so that's what we're gonna explore today. Our movie starts with Woody, and he is preparing to go to cowboy camp. Now this is something he has been so excited about for probably an entire year. He especially is glad because it's an opportunity for him to spend some one-on-one time with his beloved Andy. And so he has made a checklist of things that have to be done before he can go and while he's gone and he's preparing for it and all of a sudden Andy runs into the room uh, to go and grab Woody and Andy's mom says, well, you have five more minutes. Well, a boy with a very vivid imagination can do a lot in five minutes. So Woody has inadvertently been hurt and he has been shelved. Did y'all see all the dust on those shelves? 
Any of y'all have shelves like that at home? It was pretty much uh, filmed in my living room, I'm sure. But, you know, sometimes we, we understand something about these shelves because when we put things up there, they have a way of disappearing. There, were, there was a magic eight ball. I don't know if you saw it. And then later in the film, there's this squeaky penguin that they thought, Wheezy, they thought he had uh, disappeared forever because he'd been gone so long and he'd been put on that same shelf. And so Woody finds himself for the first time apart from Andy in a way that he never expected to happen. You know, right away we see a great truth in life. All of us at some time or another are broken or hurt. In fact, um, if you live long enough, it is almost a guarantee that that's going to happen multiple times throughout your life. Maybe you suffered an unexpected injury or illness. Maybe someone that we love has died or someone has gotten angry with us or disappointed us in some way and it has hurt us. Maybe someone has hurt our soul or our heart. Maybe we failed at something that we thought we would succeed succeed at. And the truth is, the longer we live, the more we engage in this life, the more we do, the more we put ourselves out there, the more likely that we will find again and again little tears that occur throughout our life. As a pastor, one of the things that I have noticed is that often when these tears occur, an unanticipated consequence is often that people begin to distance themselves from God. And I don't know exactly what that is about us and why we do that when, when something within our lives has caused us pain We distance ourselves from the one who for so long brought us such joy and brought us life. We kind of shelf that relationship, if you will. And this manifests itself in lots of ways, sometimes in small ways and sometimes in large ways. A drop off in church attendance, a desire not to be quite as involved in church as we once were, an absent or a waning prayer life not being able to find space in our life for the study or meditation upon God's word, a disconnection with those friends who previously helped us to draw close to God. Small, slow steps that distance us while new things, new possibilities of a life lived apart from Christ begin to fill our days. In Toy Story, after a series of missteps, Woody finds himself in the hands of a collector. Now, this collector was using Woody to complete a collection that he had from a famous show called Woody's Roundup. And a part of this collection was a horse named Bullseye. Where did Bullseye go? He's over there. Yeah. And there was a cowgirl named Jessie. And there was, of course, the prospector who um, was often the enemy of Woody in these shows. And so he found himself in this strange place with these strange people who seemed to know a whole lot about him, a lot more than he even knew about himself. I don't think he realized to that point that he had been a character in a show, and that's why the toy was created in the first place. And as he gets to know this side of himself, he begins to see a possibility for a new identity. 
Now, before long, Woody becomes swept up in this new life, this new identity. And at first, thoughts of Andy and his friends back home are a huge part of his day. But as time goes on, he begins to think about them less and less and less about that old life that he once shared with them. And he begins to experience the pull of this new possibility. You know, I remember in my life a very similar experience. I had just left for college, and it was a time when, to no one's surprise probably, I got involved with a group called Church Careers. Now, Church Careers was a group at Centenary that was made up of students who were interested in Church careers, right? It's self-explanatory. So you had your future youth directors and pastors and children's ministers and chaplains and music directors, and we came out just so confident and on fire for God. Each of us felt firmly called to change the world in the name of Jesus. And we, we just knew we were gonna do this. We were leaders. We had been involved in strong youth groups all across the state and really the country. And we got together and it just only got better. But then we were far away from home for the first time. And new possibilities popped up before us. There were all these parties where alcohol and drugs were readily available. And unlike in high school, we were all invited. We had never been invited, a lot of us, to these things. There were all of these different friendships that were possibilities, and some of these friends had never been affiliated with the church, and and some of them had some very toxic and unhealthy habits that we were then introduced to. Sunday school and going to church which used to be the norm of all of our lives, became optional. I don't think many of us knew it was optional, but it, it was optional, and, and no one knew if we went or didn't go. New ideas about God and religion were introduced. And couple that with all of the challenges and the rips and tears that occur during that season of life. And before long, our group that started out with 60 of us my freshman year slowly dwindled until when we graduated from high school, only 12 of us graduated out of that 60 in that particular church careers program. I don't know what happened to the other folks. Um, I don't even really know what happened to most of those 12. Throughout our life, we will always have these possibilities for a life lived outside of Christ in front of us. But I wanna tell you something about that, and it was something I discovered through that college experience. These things, these other possibilities, they will steal your identity. They will replace true and long-lasting joy and relationships with something that is temporary. There'll be these highs, but there are also these distressing lows that come with that kind of life. They turn you around. They cut you off from the people and from the one who gave you life and life abundantly. And probably the most important thing I learned in that time, and I think some of you who've been through similar things might testify, there is no future in those things. There is no life. John 15 says it this way, abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, but apart from me, You can do nothing. 
If you don't abide in me, it's like you're thrown away like a branch and you wither and such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Now at first you might read that and think, wow, if I step out of line, God is going to seek vengeance and throw me into a fire. And while I wouldn't rule that out as a possibility, that is not actually what this particular verse is saying. It's telling us that when we stop abiding in Christ, we become like a branch who has been cut off from its source. Now we had those tornadoes here, that tornado in April that came through and so many branches came off the trees, many trees came down, but do you remember really quickly what happened to those branches? A living example of what Jesus is talking about in scripture. They went from these lush, green, living things to these brown, withered up, lifeless branches. And that's what he's saying. That's what happens to us when we are apart from him. It isn't a threat, it is simply stating a truth in life, that apart from him, there is no life. Woody experienced a similar phenomenon. In our next film clip, the collector has called in a man to come and paint Woody and get him ready for this next part of his life. You know, for a lot of people, this is one of the more moving scenes. That moment when Andy's name is painted over on Woody's foot. I think about so many times in life watching a similar thing happen with individuals who once had the name of Christ written upon them. Everything they did reflected him. And little bit by little bit, it began to be replaced by other things so that no one would be able to identify that person anymore as a follower of Christ. And we can all get into those spaces. And when it happens in our life, it brings with it a certain sadness, I believe, a deep feeling of disconnection from the one who has been part of our identity for so long. Because who are we if we do not belong to Christ? Now it's also interesting that after that happens, the man who painted him says what? He's for display only. So though he is going to go and he will be loved by many within his box, his fate has become sealed. He will no longer know intimate love, just love from a distance. He will no longer know the joy that comes with living an abundant life, a life, sure, filled with ups and downs, but taking risks with the one who loves him best. He will become one who is almost untouchable, removed from that community. But... Fortunately for Woody, his friends have not given up on him. His friends from the beginning of the movie set about on a rescue mission to go and find Woody. They don't know all the things that he has been wrestling with. They just know that their friend is in trouble and they're gonna go and they're gonna bring him home. One of our important roles as the faith community is just that. In fact, whenever a person is baptized, we take vows as a community to be with them, to be the ones who help to hold them accountable but who also continue to speak life into them, 
to encourage them, to nurture them. You know, I think about my own life and I think about how I would not have been one of those 12 had I not had people like Matt Stevens who wouldn't let me go get in trouble. And when I I had these great ideas about things I could go and do, he would remind me that we had church on Sunday and so we would go. And and he was such, um, such a good a good person for me then as he is now. And so that is part of what we do as a community of faith. We call one another back. When another is hurting, when another has been broken, we surround them during that time. We walk with them through those places. We seek ways to connect them back to the body. Now it's always the individual's choice, but we're patient, we're persistent, we don't give up. We keep speaking truth and life into another until maybe they can hear it. A couple of weeks ago, I had the pleasure of going to our youth group and listening to some of our youth give testimonies about CETA camp this summer and some things that happened to them there. And one of those testimonies came from one of our youth, Miley Lee. And now I've known Miley since sixth grade, which is the fun of having been here so long. She was in my Girls of Grace group. Do you remember that? Wasn't I an awesome teacher? You can just say yes. Yeah. And she was in the first class of students that I confirmed here at Trinity. And so as part of her testimony, she shared a little bit about this place where she was kind of wrestling between some different possibilities in her life and how she was seeking some confirmation of what to do and how God helped with that. I'm going to stop telling your story. Here, go ahead, Miley. And I recently got the opportunity to go to camp at Cedar Canyon. And, um, yeah, so I was kind of in a place where I've always been interested in mission work. And, like, I've, missionaries just kind of, like, have a real place in my heart. And um, so uh, my prayer going into camp was, would this dream of me doing mission work is this God's dream for my life or is this a dream that I have that in my head that I'll use the glory for myself and not for the kingdom? Like, is this actually what he wants me to do with my life? Because I was like, that is absolutely crazy and nobody's going to believe that or help me do that. Like, it's just not possible. And so camp came along and I was just like, okay, this is what I'm really going to focus on. Like, I really just want to kind of figure out what's what this plan he has for me is and um so the whole week the week was about um the holy spirit and i was and being filled with the holy spirit and him like clothing you and holy spirit is a way of life and not just your inner voice and your conscience but it is a way of life and so throughout the week i was like yeah, this is awesome. Like the messages were great. I knew God. I felt God. I, he was present in the building with 450 students. Like it was absolutely amazing. But I personally hadn't had an experience like I had last year, like the year before at camp. And, um, so the last night was about ministry And I kind of always thought ministry was working in the church and like you had a desk job at the church, you were a youth minister, a children's minister. So I was like, I don't really, that doesn't really interest me. Like I don't, it's not, yeah, sorry. (laughs) And and, um, 
So they talked about the message was in Luke 5, and it talked about how Peter obeyed Jesus when he said they had been fishing and they hadn't caught anything, and everybody was kind of disappointed. And Jesus said, Let me preach from your boat. And um, then Simon Peter let Jesus preach from the boat, and then they went, and Jesus said, let down your nets, and they caught so many fish that they, the boats, like, sank, and um, so that really stuck out to me, and the preacher's one-liner of the night was, fish in the shallow water, and not the, and he will take you to the deep waters, so I heard God say to me, go find Maddie, and Maddie was my leader, my small group leader for, um, Sita for the week, and I found her. We were not close. We she was very quiet. She didn't really. We didn't really click. And I was like, "This is going to be awkward. Like, let's just not. No, like I'm just not going to do that." And I was like, "I'm just going to go find somebody else that I know." And God was like, "No, they're not going to tell you what I'm going to tell you." And I was like, "Okay, well, I'm going to go find Maddie." So I found her, whatever, and um, I told her I was like, "I don't really know why God told me to come find you, but." And I was like, I guess we can just pray. I don't really know what to do. Like, I was like, I just feel like I need to come talk to you. And she was like freaking out. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, let's just pray about it. And I was like, okay. And um, she started to speak truth and into my life. And she told me that I had the gift of evangelism. And she told me that the first thing that she could think of when she saw me walk up was God whispered missionary in her ear. And like... That just was exactly what I needed. And I hadn't said anything to anybody about the, the battle I was facing, like going into uh, CETA. And the fact that she said that, I just, I could not get myself together. It was just so overwhelming. And so, yeah, so now I don't, I'm not sure like how all that's going to pan out, but I'm just being obedient to God right now. And being fishing in the shallow because he will take me to the deep. And so, yeah, so that's all I have. Thank you, Maya. One of the reasons why I wanted Miley to share that with you is because her counselor, Maddie, and it's not Maddie, a Maddie here from Trinity, but from another place. As Miley said, very quiet girl, one that probably didn't see herself being used by God in that way. And yet when she was willing as a part of the body of Christ, she was able to speak truth into Miley's life in a way that she could hear it. And that is what we do for one another as we speak truth. Another thing we do, I mean, Miley has just shared with us this call upon her life to go and to be a missionary. So we ask questions like, how can we come alongside her in that? Because whenever you take a stand for God in that way and you're you're bold in proclaiming it, just looking at my friends, We were 60, strong in number, and whittled down to 12, and maybe even less after that. So we need to come alongside one another. We need to help encourage and protect each other and keep speaking truth. May our voices be louder than the voices around us. So in our final clip, Woody's friends have come alongside him and they have encouraged him. He's a little scared to go back and to be with Andy because he knows how it's gonna end. He knows that in time, Andy's gonna grow up 
And there was what he felt was security in the life he could control. And instead, he's, he's called into this risky place of loving one whom he's not sure will continue loving him. And so he has to make a choice. So this is what he does. He goes home, and then he has this conversation with his friend, Buzz. So, are you still worried, he said. He said, no, it'll be fun while it lasts. When it all ends, I'll have Buzz Lightyear to keep me company to infinity and beyond. Now, in this movie, the interesting thing is there does come an end at some point to not only Woody's relationship with Andy, but his relationship with Buzz because all things in this world are temporary. But if you take nothing else away today, here's something I want you to hear me say. Your relationship with Christ is not temporary. Though you may write his name upon you and you may paint over that or you may cover it up in some way, God has your name written on the palms of his hand and it's permanent. Listen again to what Isaiah 49 says. But Zion said, Zion, the people of God, the Lord has forsaken me, my Lord has forgotten me. We all have those times when we feel forsaken, when we feel that God has forgotten us. But this is what God says. Can a woman forget her nursing child? Now having nursed three children, I can tell you that is a very difficult thing to do biologically and physically to forget the child that you were nursing or show no compassion for the child of her womb. Even these may forget. You know, even our family may turn their back on us. Even Andy, who loved Woody so well, may grow up and not remember him. But God says, I will not forget you. I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Josh earlier was praying and calling us by name. God has your name written upon his hands. Your walls are continually before me. He's talking about the walls of Zion. These are the traits of Zion. It's another way of saying, like, I know you. I know the ins and outs of you. I know all your ways, the ways in which you hide, the ways in which you are bold, the ways in which you're insecure the things you have done. But, he says, your builders outdo your destroyers. And here he's speaking about the community of faith. You know, look around you in this room. Your builders outdo your destroyers. Yes, there are elements, there are people who mean to do you harm, but there are equally, and even more so, a greater army that seeks to do you good, that wants to love you and care for you well. And that's what we're called to do as the body of faith. And those who laid you waste go from you. So lift up your eyes and see. Look up. Look up and see. They gather. They come to you. And as you live, says God, you shall put them on like an ornament and like a bride you shall bind them on. And so that is at the heart of it for me today. There is nothing, as Josh said, that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There is no magic eraser. There is no paint that can cover up our names which are inscribed in the palm of his hands. And though we may lose confidence sometimes, though we may sometimes take a step away, our God is always, always seeking for us to come home to him. There is no life apart from him. And so my prayer for all of us today is that we choose life, the only life, 
And may we bring others along with us. Let us pray. Gracious God, you do know us. You know us so well. Why do you love us? I I have no idea. Because God, we are so quick to wander away from you. We are so quick to lose confidence in your love for us. And yet you are a good, good father. You are not like the others in this world. You are our God. And in you we can trust. In you we find our identity. In you we find our hope. And so if we are a people who have seen these things to be true in our life, may we give testimony and may we care for one another. May we seek those around us who are hurting and broken. May we help them find restoration and a new life in you. And may the same be true in our lives as well. It is in the powerful and precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.